Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Pop the top on the old jacuzzi A rain or sunshine, we're not too choosy Daytime, nighttime, we're always home When you drop on by on your mobile phone To hot tub beers Amber's, ales, and lagers Hot tub beers Slip on in Tasting micro brews from Texas towns, stouts and pilsners, boxing weeds, having hot tub beers, just my friends and me. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. Man, we are in beautiful Cypress, Texas, uh, on Jones Road. This is Jersey Village. This is Jersey Village? This, this Jersey, Jersey Village? Village area. Jersey <laughs> Village area. Jersey Village ends at West Road, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh so just outside of Jersey Village. Just, just outside of Jersey Village. Smack dab in the middle of everything. Yes. Uh, we are, we are on, a, on a busy road here uh, at Klaus Brewing. And we got uh, Thomas in the hot tub with us. Yep. Thomas, welcome. Thank you. So, Thomas, tell us your role here at Klaus. My role is a lot. Uh, right <laughs> now, uh, I'm part owner, uh, brewmaster. So, um, I handle all of the uh, brewing, packaging, uh, cleaning aspects, along with a warehouse helper, Joe. Um, and that's basically my main role here. Wow. Yeah. So, a lot of work in the back. Is it basically your main role is just basically you do damn near everything? Yeah. <laughs> About 90% of everything. Including so. drinking beer in the back of a pickup truck at 10 a.m. on a Friday morning. Yeah, this is a nice break from that 105-degree warehouse. Man, I'm yeah. glad we could give you a yeah. break. That's pretty cool. Man, thank you again for joining us. Um, you've poured us a beer. Yes. This is a beautiful-looking beer. Thanks. Tell, tell us what we have in our glasses right now. Okay, this is our Pilsner Fest. It is oh, a... Way to start, dude. Yeah, it's a very classic northern German style Pilsner. So uh, you'll get an, a very simple grain bill um, and then kind of like a Hellas, except okay. it's going to be crisper and hoppier. So you'll get a little more hop bite. Uh, up front and in the middle, and then it'll finish off with some noble hops. Very okay. traditional. We do a lot of very traditional stuff, um, and then we'll we'll get a hair up our butt every once in a while and do something funky. You know, yeah. this is so Jones Road is going to be loud. Yeah, Jones it's, Road is probably going to be one of the loudest roads. And, and I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. Uh, Thomas warned me. Oh yeah, yeah. But I but I said this is part of the it's part of the allure. Well, I think I tuned the mics right. We'll find out like a couple days from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when this is released on Tuesday, we'll find out. Um, we we do no editing. Okay, uh, it is just completely, totally raw. Um, mostly because we're lazy. Uh, right. Be real honest <laughs> about it. Um, we both have other things to do. Yeah, and drinking beer is just part of it. I would part like to to fight that one and say it's because we're not lazy because we have so many other things to do that we we can't afford to edit. 
Ooh, so can't it's a afford feature. to edit. Oh, it's a, it's so it's a feature. Maybe maybe we just want to be like stand out. Like we're so raw and edgy. Oh yeah. That that <laughs> we we don't we don't edit. I got two more jobs after this. That and that and we just don't make mistakes. No. No. Why would we go. make no. mistakes? Cheers to not making mistakes. Cheers. And cheers to a beautiful northern German pilsner. So you're saying that it has a little bit more bite, a little bit more body than a Hellas. Is that what makes it northern German? Uh, actually, yeah. A little more bite, a little bit crispier than a Hellas, actually. Okay. So, um, and then any of the clarity you see in our beers is all natural. We don't use any clarifiers or... Um, chemicals or filtration or anything like that. So it's all time and temperature. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. dude. So. Yeah, because the clarity on this beer, this is where sometimes I wish we had a visual aspect to this uh, podcast. Yeah. Not only because everybody would get to see me shirtless, but because some of the beers <laughs> are absolutely beautiful, man. And this one is this one included. On the nose, really, really nice hop aroma to me. Uh, I know a lot of Pilsers, lagers that we have in the Houston area, you get a lot of that corn sweetness on the nose. This one, I'm not getting any sweetness on the nose. I'm just getting a nose full of hops. I kind of enjoy that. Yeah. So, and it's all noble hops. So, uh, it's very classic. Uh, One aspect of the beer, as far as the grain goes, is that we use a heritage variety called Barca. Okay. uh, Which is an older variety that they brought back. Uh, Has a little more protein in it. So, it will give you a little bit more foam stability. Uh, a more classic flavor profile. Okay. So that's something unique about this particular brew that we do. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay, so as owner, as head brewer, as fill in the blank, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit the story of the story of uh, Klaus. How did it came to be? What's the mission? What are we doing here at Klaus? Yeah, so I always wanted to be in the business in some form or fashion uh, ever since I graduated college. I actually started home brewing in college, but uh, there wasn't much information at the time. It was mid-90s, you know, not a lot of stuff going on as far as starting breweries. Uh, I could, you know, got what I could get my hands on. Um, The second problem was when you graduate college, you're broke, and you're not starting any breweries No. You know, coming straight out of college. So I had to go, you know, do the regular career thing. And, um, you know, the circle came back around 20-some-odd years later uh, to where we had the opportunity to start this project with some interested parties. And we made it happen. Nice. So, yeah. And so... You mentioned this is going to be a very traditional pilsner that you're brewing. Is that kind of the mission of Klaus? Or we is this a bunch of traditional German beers, or yeah. do we kind of get off the wall? We're not going quite in genius level here, no, but uh, this quite. is more traditional than that, correct? Yes, very traditional. So one of the uh, market niches that I saw as an opportunity, as well as stuff I like to drink and brew, um, was just traditional German beers. There just wasn't, four years ago when we started this, nobody was really putting it out on a regular basis here in the area. Um, I was going to do it regardless. I just saw that also as an added feature uh, to add to the community, beer community, um, to put that out. And so we have you know, our light lagers, we have our dark lagers, we have our uh, a year-round Oktoberfest. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And so we do a lot of different, very traditional styles, some that people have never heard of before, um, that are very classic German brews, um, and some that everybody's heard of. So so what's... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. 
As, what, what is one of these traditional German styles that nobody's heard of that if they come to Klaus, they're going to see it? Yeah, so it's a double sticke. It, a double sticke. Double sticke. All right. Which is basically an alt beer, but it's a double dark version of a standard alt beer. Uh, okay. And it came about by mistake in Germany, the history of that style. And it was well received at the, at the pub where they made it. But they kept it a secret. So, Sticke is a uh, slang vernacular for secret. Okay. And this is a double, so it's a double Sticke. A double, C- double, double secret. Double secret. Beer. Like, like Animal House, like the double secret probation. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. That'd be a good name for that beer. Double secret probation. Double, double secret probation. Double Sticke probation. <laughs> did I say it right? I didn't yeah. say it right, did I? Sticke. Sticke. Double Sticke probation. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that might need to go in the next set of glasses. That non-stoppable. Non-stoppable. That's, uh, <laughs> Thomas has the last set of glasses to hand out. I'm still uh, pr- pretty set on relaxed as fuck. Uh, yeah, we, we do need relaxed as fuck on the glasses. So on the glasses, <laughs> Sarah, that you that you're wearing, Thomas, they, yeah. there's multiple features to them. Okay, so when you're in the hot tub, we, we try and give give people gifts for uh, sitting in here half naked with us and enjoying good beer. Right. Um, so the the glasses they do have bottle openers on the oh, end. Okay. Nice. Yes. And then on the side, there's a quote from one of our first seasons uh, when we went to No Label. Hitler would be pissed. Uh, which which really ties in with uh, your German theme here, uh, because that we I was in the hot tub. We're sitting there. We had uh, Jacob and Boris and Jake. Okay, and they all Jacob just started. Asbill, not Baker. Correct, Asbill, not Baker. They all started speaking German. I'm completely out of the loop. And then I'm I'm asking them about the language, you know, and and. It, I can speak Spanish. That's the only other language that I'm familiar with other than English. And, you know, there's masculine and feminine pronouns. Right. Well, Boris explains to me that there's masculine, feminine, and neutral pronouns. Yep. It's like, that's a non-binary pronoun, Boris. <laughs> Hitler would not like that. Um, hence the glasses. Cut, I know that was a long edge. story. Cutting, cutting edge. edge. He is, yeah. The, the Germans were very progressive, I guess. Very progressive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a way to put it. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it at that point. Um, man, I, so Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers, where we avoid history. Where we avoid history. <laughs> we we dance around uncomfortable history topics. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> I think that has become a hallmark of the show of dancing around uncomfortable topics without really getting into them. Yes. 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 Speaking of which, this is a good beer. <laughs> this Thank is you. a Appreciate really it. good beer. Um, speaking of getting uncomfortable... On this on this show, Thomas, we've uh, we've developed an industry industry standard rating scale. Okay, okay. Um, I don't think all the ind- all the rest of the industry is using it quite yet. They will be soon. Um, if they're not using it, they're cowards. Um, so we rate zero to four. Okay. Okay. Zero is this beer so bad we need to bur- burn the brewery down. The okay. brewery does not need to exist. Right. Um, four is I need it every time I get in the hot tub. In this case, in the summers, I need it. Anytime I get into an inflatable pool in the back of a pickup truck. Right. That specifically. Um, so also, if you rate yourself zero, we're going to all be very suspicious when the building catches on fire. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be <laughs> part of an investigation, please. Uh, <laughs> we might become famous. Hot tub beer is going to be subpoenaed. <laughs> Well, we've got you on camera already, so oh, system, nice. so okay. there's no escaping evidence. it. Oh, gripping evidence. Owner rated it zero. Owner rated it zero. <laughs> oh man, this is really nice. Thanks. So, 
As far as I'm concerned, I, I do like these pilsners that have a little bit more hop bite. I like Czech pilsners. I like those pilsners that have a little bit more body. This one, to me, has... You describe it as crisp, and I, I completely agree with you because you're the brewer, for one. But um, there is a crisp bite to it, and it's that hop. I really enjoy that hop aroma, that hop flavor that is in there. It's not uh, It's not a boring it, – it's a crusher. I yeah. can drink this outside all day long, but I'm not bored when I'm drinking it. I'm just right. – I'm still pulled in every single time I take a sip. What do you think, Jake? I like it. I've liked this beer since since I've had it, though. So I feel a little bit biased. Uh, y'all been making this beer for, what, three and a half, four years? Well, uh, that one we've been making for about two. There's no uh, way. Yeah. Y'all did that before 2020, right? So Hellas was the flagship beer, our Hellas. Yeah. Which is a, a less hopped uh, lager. It's just it's an unpopular style, though, which is a shame. Yeah. Hellas is a very unpopular because style. For lack of a better term, people see it as boring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just your standard beer. Yeah, I mean, its history was boring too. Yeah, it was Germany going, "Hey, we we want our own version of the Pilsner, right? <laughs> <laughs> we want something that is not dark, and then we can serve in vast quantities during Oktoberfest." So, yeah. yeah. So okay, so you started this in 2020 or 2019? Uh, the Pilsner Fest, I would say we probably first brewed it in 2020. Yeah, as kind of a one-off, and it it was so popular, we we brought it back as a regular, and a bunch of our outside of accounts are really requesting it because, and it's actually my favorite beer that we make. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful beer. That's one of those things, and, and we appreciate this as consumers, right? Yeah. I think when we first started seeing craft beer pop up, there wasn't a whole lot of loggers and pilsners out out on the market, just because the tank space that you're going to need to lager that beer for longer, you can't turn and burn, right? And so at the beginning, right. right, you need to turn and burn in order to pull a profit, in order to keep that thing alive. But uh, there are, along with you, other breweries in town that are producing these great lagers and pilsers. And, man, as consumers, thank you for tying up the tank space and producing something so great. Yeah, instead of 10 days, it takes us about six weeks. Yep. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, so we are really sacrificing a lot of turnover. Oh, yeah. And we do, and we have six year round loggers. You have six year round loggers. Six year round loggers. So it's, uh, which is kind of unheard of, especially for a small brewery, you know, yes. because we need to have turnover, but we make it work, you know. So what, so. what is your tank size? What's your brewing size? Uh, our brewing size is technically a thousand liters, but we push out about 13 or 1400 per brew. So we okay. can fill up a 20-barrel on a double brew day, which I did yesterday. I get here at 5 and leave about 6. What were the freedom oh, units wow. again? 20, 20 barrels? 20-barrel is our big fermenter, 10, our half. And then we have a baby tank. We do try to do more creative, rotational, special release type stuff. Yeah. It's only like 500 liters. Okay. Yeah. What did you brew yesterday? Uh, I brewed our Durndal, which is our year-round Oktoberfest, to have a full tank ready for the season. It's the Durndal hey, yeah. dropper. Durndal dropper. Durndal dropper? We're out there dropping durndles. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what's, a, what's a durndle? Durndle is the traditional dress that uh, the girls wear during oh. Oktoberfest. Yeah, when saying. everybody's tying one on. <laughs> I was saying, I don't know how to describe a dirndl. I just know what it is. It's just it's it's garb. Traditional yes, German traditional dress. Garb. It's yeah. the female version, female uh, of, version of, of maybe it. what Lederhosen would be. Oh, nice. For a guy. Durndle yeah. droppers. I want to take some home. 
<laughs> Mandy has to wear a dirndl to, to be dropped first for it to work. That's okay. She's got German heritage. I'm sure she'd be comfortable with it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Mandy, you're comfortable with it. I'm just saying it out loud. Um, Jake, I want to go ahead and get into the rating on this. Um, what do you think? You want to go first? You want me to go first? You want to rock, paper, scissors? Okay, let's rock, paper, scissors. Ready? One, One two, two, three. three. I'll I thought you go on three. No, okay. you go on shoot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's um, it's nice. Uh, I guess originally I didn't expect it to be a pilsner. My brain hasn't fully set on today yet. So when I got it, it was very light, very shh, crisp. Shh, the cops are coming. Okay. I, I don't think they're coming for you. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting louder though. I don't think that's the cops. That's the ambulance. Ambulance. The ambulance. Welcome to Hot Tub Hot News. Hot Tub Emergencies. We don't know what that was, but there's an emergency. Uh, so right out of the gate, uh, first beer of the day, it was a little bit bitter, super bright and refreshing. The second you said Pilsner, I'm like, okay, that's it. That's it. I mean, that's it, it hits exactly on the style. I wish yeah. I had warmed up a little bit before I'd gotten into it. I think it's it's great. Good clarity, great carbonation, um, very well balanced. It's a lot of... There's a lot of breweries out there that say German pills, Czech pills, and then they'll do the American thing and throw a bunch of hops in at the end and dry hop it, which is totally fine, but they're dry hopping with Citra and Mosaic and all these things that are not uh, German or Czech pills. I think this really hits the the nail on the head. Um, I'm just going to go 3.8. I think it's a a damn good lager. Yeah, I'm going to – this is kind of weird because lately we've been like – Rating the same thing. I know that's that's. As I was going to be right on top of that. That's. Uh, and I'm going to agree with you on, on on really every point that you brought out. Like it, there's beautiful clarity. Like you're sitting outside in the sun. Those beers pop. Yep. They really do pop. And here on Jones Road in the middle of the sun in the parking lot, that beer pops. It looks beautiful. It is super refreshing, but I love that hot bite. I love that hot bitterness to it. It is not boring in any way. I can keep coming back to this beer. It keeps drawing me in. I love that it's uh, dry on the end. It doesn't yeah. hang out. It's not super sweet. I love that, right? Um, I'm going to go... I'm gonna go 3.81 just to just to beat Jake, <laughs> just a little bit. The price 8. is right 1. technique. The right? price is right technique. I just outdid him just there. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You still look pretty today. Oh well, you know what? You're still my employee till Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What Sunday? Sunday at 11 p.m. 11 p.m. When the meeting's over, until the next time you need a shift cover, then I'm, <laughs> then, I'm, then, I'm then I'm coming back. All right, so Thomas, here's what we do. So anytime we got the brewer in the tub, we have you rated as well, but we don't want you to rate it on zero to four, how much you like the beer, what you think of the beer. We want you to rate this on zero to four, how close to perfect is this beer as a brewer? And if it's not four, what would you do to make this beer four? I would rate it a four because that is my my go-to. I think it's right there up with anything I've ever had in Germany. You know, that uh, Pilsners right. are what my go-to when I go to Germany. My mom is German. She lives there. I go as much as I can. Hell and yeah. I always order a Pils when I'm at the at any place I go to. And Same. to me, it's it's as clear as as crisp and the right balance of hop for a Pils. Yeah. So I really like this one. Uh, it's one of the few that I would I would say I wouldn't change anything about. 
I love that. Yeah. I love that. This is the I second love, podcast in a row where the brewer has rated their Pilsner a four. Well, I love it when people are real about it. Like, like no, this is yes. the... I, I, I found this to be perfect in my eyes. I enjoy this beer. I'm not changing it. I love that. Hell I, yeah. There's a lot of people that get afraid of that, and they'll, they'll be like, well, it's 3.9. I wouldn't change anything about it. It's like, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's exactly where you want it, that's a 4.0. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, is, this one hits my sweet spot. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Absolutely perfect. Thomas, man, thank you for coming and hanging out with us, man. So yeah. we're going to take a quick break here in just a little bit. Uh, okay. We're going to come back uh, with a couple things, with the next beer from Klaus, but also the National Beer of Texas and the Palate Cleanser when we come back. Got it. Hot tub beer fans, are you looking to buy, sell, or lease a home with or without a hot tub? Hugh Height, the Texas Beer Realtor, is who you need to call to help with all your real estate needs. Hugh knows hops and Hugh knows houses. That's TXBeerRealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we are, we're, we're still on Jones Road, still in the back of the pickup truck, still hanging out with uh, Mr. Thomas and Mr. Jake here at Klaus Brewing Company. But we have in our hands something a little different. This isn't from Klaus. This is Lone Star. This is National Beer of Texas. Thomas, this is the official, unofficial palate cleanser because these cowards at Lone Stars will not sponsor us. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what? 11 Below said they would sponsor us with some 7-iron. I still haven't seen that. Have you? When We just need to pull up of the truck one day and bully them into it. I think we've done more episodes with James and Jeff than most people. I think I think we're just going to pull into that front door of the brewery yeah. with the truck and just say, I'm not moving until we get a couple cases of 7-iron. Can we do that? I can actually do that on the way back from here. Like a sit-in? but not, Like a drive-in? Like what kind of protest would that be? You want me to? I'll literally call them on the way out of here, and I'll be like, "Hey, you're you're putting beer in the the car on the way out." Yeah, like this is there. There's no option. Yeah, this is this is this is payback for y'all scheduling a uh, hot tub podcast without me. Oh, there you go. There's I your won't revenge. be able to make it. So, hmm. well, then we might just have to fill that void for you guys today. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Klaus <laughs> is more than welcome to donate a case of the palate cleanser, and we will be featured on everybody else's episode as well. There you go. So, absolutely love it. So, the reason we do this is is, is twofold. One, we're going to cleanse the palate a little bit with a little bit of neutral beer. This yep. beer, like we talked about your Pilsner Fest, was not a boring beer. This beer can become a boring beer. This is beer without thinking, right? But it's right. one of those ones that we would always go back to that's always a standard in the fridge. It's always a yep. go-back, like something that we, we fall back on. So... I wanted that we want to ask everybody else who jumps in the hot tub, what's the beer that you have in the fridge that's your guilty pleasure that you always go back to that brings you memories of growing up and first getting into beer? High Life. There you go. I love it. You know, High I, Life is my go-to macro. Tell us a High Life story. Just uh, that was the go-to cheap beer in college for me. Yeah. You know, and I really liked it because it's it's. Um, the profile's a little bit heavier than, say, like Miller Lite, you know, but uh, it's got a bready, yeasty character that I like. It, yeah. it does. I, that, that one is a good one. I do have, so when me and Mandy first got married, so I've been married with my wife a little over 20 years. It was 20 years last month. 
when we first got married, we had kid and no money. Um, and we would walk to the corner store, and you could get a quart of Miller High Life for that was it was a dollar nine with tax. Wow! And so we would we would get a quart of Miller High Life, split it, and that was date night when we first got married. <laughs> That's nice. amazing. <laughs> Did you ever see the champagne bottles of Miller High Life? Oh yeah, I used to buy twelve packs of that all the time. I have one. I really? Have one. I'm like saving it for a special day, which is next week. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I just like that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah I, this, that's one of the fun things about sitting around and drinking beer. It's something we can all, you know, we have this common bond over, right? Especially if you're in this industry and you enjoy brewing beer. You're, you're geeked out about it so, uh, so much you, you opened your own brewery. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, it, it, it's fun to go back and have those memories, those, those, uh, those common experiences. Oh, yeah. yeah. Being young and finding that cheap beer that still just brings you back. It hits the spot. That's all that matters. You know, it's funny. Uh, that's my go-to, but another big one in, in when I was in college in the 90s was, uh, believe it or not, Shinerbach. That's when Shinerbach yeah. started getting real big. Yes. Before and the taste was molasses-y. Yeah. Did I say that on, on the air? You did say it on the air. Molassified. <laughs> <laughs> that's the technical term, by the way. That might, that might be. That, that, that's another, uh, another, another candidate for the sunglasses. Has your beer molassified? Molassified. You know what? And I, I, <laughs> I love that we, we, molassified. we bring in if this is a real word or not. I had to argue with somebody the other day about whether the word herbaceous was a real word. It's, it's a real, real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. Who argued with you about herbaceous? My brother. Comes you, from a beer family. Doesn't know what herbaceous older is. Older brother or younger brother? Older. Oh, no excuse. No excuse. Now, younger no. brother, I said, would have excuse. Older brother, no, no excuse. None. No excuse, sir. He can hear this in Arizona? He's not going to listen to it. But maybe. Maybe. Maybe he will. I don't know if they get the internet all the way out in Arizona. So, Thomas, we have the next Klaus beer in our hand. Yes. Tell us what we have in our hand. It is the Kolsch. Oh, nice. from, From lager to ale. And you'll notice immediately that it has a lot more complexity to it. It Um, does. And which is typical of an ale. Um, But it's still clear. Um, it's fairly crisp. Um, it's got a, ours has, our particular version has a little more color than maybe what is super traditional. But, um, but yeah, that's your standard Kolsch. It's, it's basically a, a smash ale. We use one, okay. one grain and one, one type of hops in it. And so Kolsch, how does it stand out as a style? As a German style, how does it stand it, out? It, see, we're still in the north of Germany, so okay. it's a northern... German ale uh, uh, originated out of the city of Cologne. That's why they call it Kolsch. Okay. That means it's from Cologne. Okay. Um, and uh, that's where it originated. It's the lighter cousin of an alt beer. Okay. Yeah. Alt beer is a, a brown ale version of a Kolsch, basically. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize Just that. Just to give you a general idea of the style differences. And uh, so, go ahead, Jake. Kind of a, a hybrid yeast. It's not quite... A lager, not quite nail, but it's basically. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we 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 cool for a minute. We don't cold for a minute. So normally you're in the mid 60s to upper 60s for most ales. Okay. When you ferment, we ferment in the high 50s. So okay. it gives it a little bit of that crisper, maybe not as super complex as a, a warmer fermented product. Okay. But it it's right up the alley for that type of yeast. So is. It, does it take as much time as a pilsner, or does it take less time? Unfortunately, it takes as much time for the only reason that that yeast is a booger to clear, 
in it, ah. and it ferments faster. Okay. Uh, but it takes forever to get to get clear. We actually have to transfer it to our lagering tanks to try to get okay. it super clear. Wow, man! That, thank you for taking the time to do that and make yeah. give us a great <laughs> beer. That's pretty cool, man. You know, I, I love hearing these stories of like. And this is kind of the fun part of this journey, right? You got guys like Thomas who are geeked out about what they're doing, taking the extra time to do things right. It's like when we went to, uh, remember going to Five Stones? And they're explaining oh, yeah. to us that they're actually roasting the pineapple before they're putting it in their yep. like in their beer and they're cutting the pineapple up. Those those stories, that's what makes craft beer fun to be. Like These guys are putting their heart into it. I think we need to go back there so I can argue with Justice a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we had some good arguments. Just so if you ever been, have you have you heard of Five Stones? No, I haven't. So Five Stones, it's it's a Christian themed brewery in New Braunfels, out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, but it's it's they have all kind of really nice pilsners and lagers and all kind of but the Keller beer. The Keller beer. Keller beer, yeah. The fun part of that that uh, that tap room was is that they had a neighbor who absolutely hated them. <laughs> right, so they're they're in the middle of nowhere. I had a neighbor who absolutely hated him, and this guy went to the extent of mounting speakers in his trees and blasting Tejano music at the brewery. Really, twenty four seven. Yeah, a That's few beer, a few beers in, we ended up hiking over there to go see the speakers to see if we can go mess with the speakers. Yes, we, didn't. we did. We did. Right, we're not right. vandalizers. No. No, we, we might or might not have urinated in that general direction. Um, <laughs> what a fun day. It's, it's, that was a fun day. Man, this is a really nice beer. I want to talk to you, Thomas, a little bit about your personal journey. So you told us a little bit about the history of Klaus, yeah. how you got into it, coming out of college and wanting this, but didn't have the money to finance it until many years later, right? right. You had found interesting parties. Right. So. You personally, tell me about your personal journey with beer, how you learned to brew, and how you continue to grow in that in that role. Yeah, so it's it's been a quite a journey, actually. You know, I I grew up basically since I was three years old, spending my summers in Germany with my with that side of my family. Oh wow! And so I grew up in that culture during the summers. And when I got a little older, I didn't really start drinking beer until after I got in college. Okay, uh, so. That's when I started experiencing the German side of beer and the brewing, and it just, I got enamored with it. And um, that kind of led me to, I mean, this is something I think I want to maybe do as work or a career or, you know, a pipe dream actually having a brewery. Right. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of my background as far as wanting to do the German. Uh, traditional style, you know, thing. Something you knew. Yeah. So I, I kind of basically grew up in that environment uh, to some extent. And um, so, yeah, and that's what I did. So when I made the decision to do it, I actually found a, uh, uh, a journeyman brewer's course out of Dallas that okay. a German brewmaster was giving. Um, and I took the course, and part of it was to do internships locally. And so I went to um, uh, No Label was the first one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I interned at No Label. Um, I interned at uh, Cyclers. They're not oh, wow. around anymore. but yep. And that was an experience to try to find. With even. clay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the time I did it, it was still, hey, turn at the big oak tree. 
Because mm-hmm. uh, it oh, was wow. it out in the woods. Yeah. It's the middle of the Sam Houston National Forest. Yeah. Just out there. I've heard it, of it. I never went out yeah, there. In a barn on his property in the middle of the woods. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was uh, interesting to try to find that place. But that was a really cool experience. And then the third place was Sigma, which is now Equal Parts. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And so I went over there, and um, all, all of those were really great experiences to, to, uh, to get. And it's funny, my first day I went to No Label, and I walked in, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell am I getting myself into? <laughs> you know, because I'd never experienced production in a commercial size brewery or anything right. like that. You, know, you see it as a tour or something, but you're like, you're, when you start getting your hands wet, uh, it's a total different ball game. Mm-hmm. And uh, but after a day or two, I was like, yeah, this is this is this is it. So that's awesome. Yeah, and you, you just knew it. Yeah, and then I was like, let's do it. Let's go. Oh yeah. yeah. So okay, so give me give me one of the beers that you brewed at No Label. Uh, I wasn't in on the brewing per se. They started me out, of course, on packaging. <laughs> oh yeah, that's where they need the most help. Yeah, right. and uh, but they'd let me. They'd let me uh, 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 sit or or work with the the seller guy. Okay, and he went over a lot of stuff, which was interesting. Uh, one of the interesting stories was um, the time that when when you. Uh, or first emptying a big tank. There's a lot of carbon dioxide in there. Okay. Well, it just so happens that the, the caustic cleaner reacts with carbon dioxide in a very negative way, and it will shrink the airspace immediately, like mm. instantly. Oh, shit. And so if you don't purge that tank, and then you try to put caustic in the tank, you'll, you'll implode the tank. Wow. And yeah. it's funny, he said that happened to him one time, but they were actually able to push back the tank push it back out to normal shape again that's so, crazy oh wow but it's immediate like yeah. in an yes. instant boom and in the in the tank is looks like a crushed can now are these the vacuum chamber chamber tank tanks where there's a, a, a like a negative space in between the outer shell and the inner shell i want to say yes because it was a fermentation tank so it would have had to yeah. have a jacket yeah um, so that was an interesting story he gave me, and then he showed me the techniques they use during the cellaring process and determine when their beer's ready to go to uh, packaging and, and things like that. So it was, it was all great education for me. Hands-on is the best. That's awesome. Uh, Are there any beers that you brewed along that journey that, that inspired any of the beers that you have at Klaus? Uh, no. I know I helped with <laughs> brewing at Sigma and uh-huh. Cyclers, but I actually didn't know which one I was brewing. Really? So, yeah. I just was, my head was in the clouds. I just wanted to be there. You okay. Know, and help, how can I help? You know? Yeah. Put this in there, put that in here. Yeah, mop exactly. Mop this up. So I didn't, I didn't even know or even think to ask what they were brewing. It was kind of weird, which is unusual, but that's the way my experience went. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this, though. So you said your mom still lives in Germany. Yes. Still get back there, go visit her as much as possible. Yes. Are there any Kolsch's in Germany? What would, what would be that when you what, go back to Germany, one? what's the Kolsch that you go for? Uh, it's funny because it's really only brewed in the uh, Cologne, area, Cologne area. And okay. I've only been to that area twice. Okay. And so you don't, you can't, Germany is, you're talking about a microcosm of each beer and depending on where it's brewed, you can't be in my mom's hometown and get a Kolsch. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you can't. It's not like in the U.S. where you can get a Bud Light anywhere or... A high life or 
uh, Lagunitas or yep. any, you know, something like that. That's crazy. Local yeah. craft takes on a whole new meaning up it there. It is. You talk about hyper local. That's the definition of hyper local. Yeah, that's kind of cool yeah. though. So I don't know that particular brand I drink in Cologne. I just ask for Kolsch and they bring it to me. That's and that's kind of how you order beer in Germany. You say you I want a pills and you get whatever pills they have in that's brewed in the region. That's and, crazy. And the amount of support from the hyper local uh, uh, population uh, in the region. I'll give you a good example. My mom's hometown, about 80,000 people. Not okay. too big, right? They have a, a brewery that specializes in Hefeweizen. Okay. Because uh, that's the Bavaria, northern Bavaria. Franconia is big for Hefeweizen. Uh, but they do other stuff. But uh, 80,000 people in that area. Uh, I would say you probably can't find that beer anywhere in that area more than 20 miles outside of that, that particular brewery. And they do four to five hundred thousand hectoliters a year, which is several hundred thousand barrels. Wow! Oh shit! Just in that region, just just because for those eighty thousand people, just for those eighty thousand people in the surrounding area, because that's so, their hometown beer, yeah. and they're going to. So drink imagine it. maybe Carbach or Carbach and St. Arnold put together, supported by a region whose biggest city is eighty thousand people. Wow, that's that's a drop in the bucket in the Houston that, area. Yeah, that is, to, just to tell you the consumption rate and the amount of su- local support they give to the established breweries. We thought we supported local around here. Yeah. Yeah, we don't it's, support shit. It's amazing. That's well, crazy. We're, we're pulling in, which is actually a really cool thing to watch is, uh, you know, national breweries have owned the market for so long. Uh, but if you're talking to the, the distributors, I mean, we're really getting more and more local uh, as, it is. every year. And so it's kind of cool to watch that we're, we're doing the same thing in the opposite direction. I don't know. It's freaking cool. It is freaking Even cool. the big national breweries you hear of in, in Germany, like Beck's or uh, Spaten or any this stuff you can get here, uh, you can't get it, say, in my mom's hometown. And it's only a two-hour drive to Munich. Really? Yeah. And you just you just can't get it. It's not it's not there. Uh, it's and you go to the bottle. They have um, supermarkets there, and they have drink markets. And the drink markets are where you pick up your cases of beer and other drinks. And they actually still have not the milkman, but the beer man in Germany. Do they really? So they'll drop off a case or two at your house every week and pick up the empties. Yeah. So it's what are we doing here? Tim? Yeah. It's 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 really. <laughs> Quite cool. Why, why don't we have a beer man? Um, I mean, I am the beer man. I just prefer not you to drop stuff You don't bring off. the beer to my house. I, yes, I, I definitely bring the beer <laughs> well, to your true, house. Well, that's true. That's true. And I mean, like, In fact, too I've much. got a keg of Kolsch sitting in the back of, uh, of my refrigerator that you brought over and forgot about. Oh. Uh, have you had fruit Kolsch? Yeah. That's one of the ones I drink in Cologne. That's that's my favorite Kolsch that we get distributed here, which is one of the few that we actually get distributed here. I left a three... Uh, was that a three-liter keg? I don't know. It's one of those mini kegs. It's oh, at yeah. my Five-liter. That's like a little five-liter. The little barrel-looking thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's five liters, yeah. Jeez Louise, man. I can't believe I did that. That stuff is so good. Yeah. yeah. I'll drink that by myself. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's still some left for you. There may not be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because this, this beer... I, so... That's my frame of reference because that's what Jake has brought into Thistle Draft Shop um, yep. is that fruit Kolsch. 
if I'm going to compare this to that fruit Kolsch, there's a lot of similarities. The only real difference I feel like is this has more of a hot presence than that fruit Kolsch. This, but the, to me, and I don't know, I say correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong because I'm right. Um, the fruit Kolsch has a little bit of a sweetness to it. Uh, that that I enjoyed with it. That the hop was kind of backed off on it. This one still has that sweetness, but there's a little bit of a hop presence into it that that makes it a little bit more complex. Yeah. Like you were talking about earlier, this is a more complex beer. It's a little bit heavier bodied beer. Yep. But it it is it is. I'll I'll go as far as to say this is equally as refreshing in the back of a pickup truck as the uh, Pilsner Fest. This is really yeah. good. There's there's some different notes in here, some more complexity that uh, that makes it a really fun to drink. Uh, yeah. But it is it's super refreshing, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good one. What do you think, Jake? Give me some thoughts. I really enjoy uh, the malt presence on it, right? And I want I want I want to have that red very very lightly. The flavor of the malt is there, but not the sweet aggressive backbone of the yeah. malt. So. What what malt okay. did you use? Uh, we actually do uh, Vienna. Vienna, really? Yeah. Oh, so wow. it's a little bit darker, slightly more body than a Cologne Kolsch. Okay. I yeah. mean, maybe, but it's still for Vienna. It's still fairly light. I it mean, is. yeah. It's, and it's it's amazing how how much flavor you can get from the malt without it being aggressive or assertive yeah. from the malt. Uh, so I really appreciate that the the bitterness on it. I wouldn't say the hops tend to be super presence and flavor, but definitely that balance and bitterness is is there. You're not taking a, a swig and going, "Wow, like that's a lot of citrus or a lot of pine." It's just it's very well uh, melded in there, where it's like, "Okay, we yeah. get this nice bitterness, this beautiful malt presence." Uh, I mean, it's it's good. It Thanks. what what hops did you use in this one? No hops again. Oh, pearl. Yep. I'm not familiar with pearl. Yeah, it's a very standard. They use it a lot in Kolsch okay. in Germany. You know, it's uh, a, a workhorse there because it's it's a dual dual purpose. So so, and y'all y'all can explain to me why I'm I'll, I'll, I'm going to be the layman here for just a little bit, right? Um, you you mentioned piney citrusy notes off of hops. So when I'm drinking American IPAs. That's where I'm getting more of those piney and citrusy notes. When I'm drinking the Pilsner Fest or I'm drinking a Kolsch and I'm drinking these traditional German-type beers that have different hops in them, right, I get more earthy... Earthy, earthy, herbal, herbal notes, correct, as opposed to citrusy and piney, which in an IPA, those citrus and piney fit, but... These fit to style as well. Does that make oh, sense? Yeah. I'm, like, I, no, I know no, I'm, absolutely. I'm yeah. kind of talking in circles here, but what I, what I, I guess my main point is these these hops to me don't hit bitterness in my mind like I think of in an IPA. They they when I'm saying hop flavors, where I'm going with it because it doesn't feel like bitterness to me in these beers. Well, I I think that's all in in kind of the rel- relative situation to each beer, you know what I mean? Like, right. there is a nice bitterness to this because it's such a light beer. Yes. I don't mean bitterness like pucker up. I don't mean bitterness Correct. like Correct. like a poorly made IPA, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, the bitterness is, is there as a perfect counterbalance, right? And so you have a really easygoing malt with a lot of flavor, 
um, you got this bitterness that that matches that perfectly. I mean, it's light, it's crisp, it's refreshing, it and so is the bitterness. And you can definitely get earthy out of hops. Uh, one of my my when you say earthy hops, uh, for me, it's a uh, Idaho Seven. Mm-hmm. I always get a lot of earth out of that. And don't get me wrong, it has uh, some some nice acid notes to it. But my main taste on that is it tastes like a field you know it's just like yeah. <laughs> it yes. tastes like dry earth you know right. or maybe even a little hint of slate or something you yeah know, just kind of which is totally cool but it's all about how you use it yeah. you know well this beer i you rated first last time go for it I'll, I'll jump into it this time i really enjoy this beer it is super refreshing it it is more complexity it is a little bit heavier body um but it's still a crusher to me. I, I would still sit outside and drink this all day long. I'm going to rate just a little bit lower than the Pilsner Fest just because maybe it's got a little bit heavier body to me that maybe it's uh, – I'm not going to drink as much of it as the Pilsner right. Fest. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 3.72 on this one. 3.72. I think it's a really, really well-balanced beer like you were talking about. I love those those earthy, those floral notes of those hops. Um, it, it really sits well with me. This is, and, and then, of course, my frame of reference is that fruit Kolsch. This is this is just as good, if not better. I don't know. Is that sacrilege? Can I say that? <laughs> that a Texas Kolsch is just as good, if not better, than a Cologne Kolsch? Uh, you can, because I'm going to oppose you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 3.8 again. Um, it's a very well-balanced beer across the board. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I was ready for how much flavor came out of the malt without everything else that comes with that. Yeah. Uh, when you say it's better than Fru, I I can't I can't I can't That's get on with one, you. Huh? I wanna I really do want to put them side by side. Uh, one of the biggest things you can notice right off the difference from Fru and and this one is Fru is so much more carbonation. Uh, I yep. mean it's it's when you open that you got to be ready to drink it. You can't just open it and you know wait around and then take a sip. I mean, it, it comes out. It's highly carbonated, uh, but it has a really fine bubble on it. Um, I wouldn't call it sweeter, but once again, I really want to go back and I want to do a side-by-side. The fact that we are having a Kolsch right now that we would even compare to Fru yeah, it's huge. here in Houston is massive. A lot of them it fall is, short. Yeah. A lot of them fall way too sweet. A lot of them fall kind of in this like out-of-control range where you're getting like American Pell yeah, they, they are. That, a that's lot of the where I, a lot of yeah. my experience with the local ones, or even the U.S. side ones in general, it's more like a pale ale. Mm-hmm. You know, Correct. Where uh, you get an, it's like an American version of a Kolsch, and it will, and a hazy pale ale at that. Yeah. Right. So the 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 fruit in this one seem to be clear and clean beers. Um, the the other cultures that we've had in the Houston area are almost a little bit hazy. They hadn't taken the time to clear the beer as well as much as you have. So there's this yeasty component to those other cultures that we've had as and well. And the yeast, the, the, the true Kolsch yeast has a very particular flavor to it. So if it's in suspension, you'll notice definitely a flavor difference. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's what I'm tasting. Beer. Thanks. We, uh, we uh, are owed a side-by-side now. We, yeah, we, we do need to do a side-by-side. If, if we bring in some fruit in here, would you drink it with us? Yeah, as long as you bring that five-liter keg, we're good. Oh, you need to reorder. <laughs> I know where it's you at. You need to reorder because so, those were an easy sell at the draft shop. Out of stock for Houston. Out of stock for Houston? Who's in charge? Is that Chad? Chad. Chad! 
Chad. Chad. Thanks, Chad. Chad. We know you're totally on the importer side for America. Chad. Why don't we have fruit? Do better, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Do better, Chad. All right, so Thomas, we're back to you. Back to me. So this this Kolsch, zero to four, burn your brewery down for the insurance money, or four, you need this every time you get in the back of the truck. Where is this for you as far as the brewer's perspective? I uh, I would actually make – there's a couple of things I'd like to do to it to okay. just to see what it's like. So I'm going to go three, five, only because I'm going to give it that little half a point of variance to give it some play, to play with it a little bit. I feel like I can play with it a little bit more to maybe lighten up the body slightly. Um, but – Otherwise, I really like it. For, for a Kolsch, I really like it. Or a German ale, yeah. So where are you going to... You said 3.5? 3.5, So yeah. what, would you, what would you change specifically? I might uh, break up that malt bill a little bit to, bring, to get it a little uh, lighter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, I think that's about it. I mean, the hops are a little bit more present, like you said, than, a, than most of the German versions yeah. out of Cologne. And that's one thing I noticed. That there was one version I had in Cologne that was almost like a light beer i mean it was no almost no hops super light you know really? and and um and the, to me as a coach this is completely opposite so maybe somewhere to try to play with it in the middle okay yeah you know. okay but just small adjustments hell yeah man thomas thanks again for for having us out at, at klaus i'm i'm loving this man sitting on jones road in the middle of everybody everybody on jones road they're going to work and we're drinking beer in the back of a truck is this mcdonald's <laughs> huh is this mcdonald's what do you mean mcdonald's because i'm loving it oh, oh son go. of a gun <laughs> hell yeah so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back with another klaus beer and more info from thomas about where klaus is going in the future when we All come right. back Are you looking for a house with a hot tub so you can be just like us? If so, you need to call Hugh Height, the Texas Beer Realtor. He's a craft beer fan looking to help out his fellow hopheads any way he can with their real estate needs. That's Hugh Height, TXBeerRealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Welcome back. So we got some more beer port. Jake finished up his business call. He's back in the hot tub. And he's passing out some beer. So, Thomas, what's Jake passing out to us? Passing out to you now our Amber Lager, also known as our Martzen, our Oktoberfest for most of your okay. listeners. One more time, what's it called? It's called Dirndl Dropper. Dirndl Dropper. Dirndl Dropper. A little Drop. stronger, closer to 8%. I mean, I'm sorry, closer to 6%. Okay. Um, uh, in an amber style, so... Any of our one and a half listeners that are women that wear dirndls, let us know. Yeah, let us. Yeah, we, okay. we need a sample size. We need to see. <laughs> we need to see if this actually drops the dirndl. Yes. After several of them, it possibly could. It possibly could. Have any dirndls been dropped in Klaus? Let me see. Not that I've personally witnessed, but yeah. I, I can't say that that hasn't happened. Can't say that it hasn't happened. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of which, do y'all do a do y'all do a Oktoberfest here? We do. Um, it's actually we usually do it later in October to try to get that first little cool spell, um, which has been the case. But this year, due to band availability and all that stuff, we had to bump it up to like the first or second weekend in October. 
Oh wow. Okay. So we we go all out. German food truck, German band. Uh, we do German activities, Hammerschlagen. Uh, Ooh, I love Hammerschlagen. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is one of the most underrated games I think to come out oh, of Germany. Oh, it's fantastic. We do a, a, a Hammerschlagen tournament. Really? Uh, yeah. Y'all using and full cross peen hammers, or what are you doing? Yeah, so we use, uh, I guess, what do they call it? The blacksmith hammer, where it's got the tapered end on one. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. call them we call them uh, uh, cross peens, but yeah, okay. the same same thing. Yeah, so we use those. We have a big slice of a tree. It's probably about three feet across. Tim, if you never played hammer slogging, I've, I've never played hammer slogging. We, we used to play it for hours on end, like every night of the week. Hammer slogging is so much fun. So. Yeah. The, I don't know if this is a German game or not. Kube? Have you ever played Kube before? Kube? I've never even heard of Kube. Never it's, heard but of you, it. It's, it sounds like, like y'all are tossing hammers and stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know what y'all's rules are, but ours was as you, you, you take a cross-peen hammer, which has the wedge on the end, so it's Correct. a little harder to hit. You have a Correct. nail in the log. Correct. You take it, you flip the hammer, and you have to hit it, the nail, all in the same same strike. Oh no, yeah, we don't do the flip. Yeah, well, we we were drunken idiots. Yeah, Coop <laughs> is you're throwing wooden dowels at other wooden blocks trying to knock them down. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I never heard of that. That might be something to. Uh, it's pretty fun. We play we play it in uh, me me and my wife play it beer in hand against the kids in the front yard because there's a pool in the backyard. Of course, yeah, always we, beer in hand. Always yeah, beer. in Otherwise, hand. it's not a sport. We get a lot of weird looks from the neighbors, but uh, I, that's what makes us McGuire's, I guess. Really. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, why they're always looking over the fence. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, if if we can pull together, I think we should do a uh, a morning episode before their Oktoberfest. Oh. Or a live reporting on Instagram. Yeah. Be nice. Hell yeah, dude! Like we could wait, let's just we could come out here and just play games and have fun and drink beer and record the whole thing. Yeah, there I'm in. We get yeah. a good crowd for the Oktoberfest. Yeah. yeah. That's the one thing uh, at Thistle Draft Shop. I've, I've chosen not to hold Oktoberfest. Um, as much as we are beer-centric, we do a lot of really cool German imports. Uh, at the end of the day, that's not who we are. We're an American beer bar. And I'm yeah. like, let people like Klaus. But Americans uh, like beer. No, they, they do, but... It, we're American beer. What if we, bar. Why, what if we did an What if we did an Oktoberfest that's not on Klaus's weekend? Oh, I mean, we could, but the end of it, you know, what marriage are we celebrating? What party are we celebrating? We we celebrate so many times a year. Let them have Oktoberfest, man. They're they're truly incorporated. Thomas here has. Have you you've been to Oktoberfest? I assume a few times. As a big surprise to you guys. He's Uh-oh. been in the area for I, it. I have not been to the actual <laughs> festival. Really? Ever. As many times as I've been over there. Never been to the actual festival. I go to regional ones, you know, but uh, never the big one. Yeah. It's just not our culture. It's not your culture? Let's go to Klaus and play Hammerschlagen. We do, you did have Brooklyn. <laughs> you had Brooklyn Brewing there. Did a little promotion one time. Yes. Mandy was involved in it. Stein I volunteered hoisting. my wife. My wife works out a lot. Uh, I, I, tend to, uh, I tend to not work out a lot. Um and so she's she's a little bit uh, she's strong, okay. And I made her do the Stein holding competition. I I still have that Stein hoisting uh, Stein. Do you really? I do. We could do stuff like that. I don't know. Drinking this Oktoberfest makes me excited about Oktoberfest. I'm gonna say that out loud right now. Why is that? I just I really like this style of beer. When I first started getting into craft beer, I was it, it started with Hefeweizens. 
and enjoyed just because it was such a departure from a Bud Light, a Miller Light, a Coors Light, a, yeah. a High Life, anything else. It was all these flavors that it's exposing you to uh, that were just, I don't know, I don't know, it was unique and enjoyed that, that route. And then you started exploring more, and from there it seemed like a logical progression was to get into these multi beers that are not as hop-aggressive or not as hop-forward, and then start learning from there. And Oktoberfest was one of those styles that I got into, and both me and my wife got into, where every time we would see an Oktoberfest, yeah. we'd jump on it. And right. we started we started judging which breweries we're going to hang out at based off of their malty beers. Right. Uh, we loved the, the malt flavor. You know, appreciate the hops as well, but... I love a good Oktoberfest. I love a good Scotch Ale. Yeah, um, the, yeah. Those beers, to me, are full-bodied. But these are – this is fun. This is a great hot tub beer for the fall. Yeah. I'm glad that you produce it year-round because it is a lager because it is still super refreshing. Yeah. Um, uh, but, man, it is – it's sitting in the in the pool. You know, mm. we don't have to turn it all the way up to 90, maybe to 85 and just relax <laughs> a little bit. You know, oh yeah, in the fall when it's seventy five outside. Oh yeah, yeah. So, question: sure. uh, How many home brewers come in and tell you that this is not the right Oktoberfest? None yet. Really? Yeah. I uh, I I deal with that every single year where people the home really? brewers come in and they want to debate what a true Oktoberfest is because there's the Martzen, there's the Fest beer, there's the Oktoberfest. Right, right. And yeah. over at the end of it, it's like I I don't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you'd be surprised. Uh, that uh, it's actually a fairly wide range. Mm-hmm. It can look as light, almost to like a pilsner, mm-hmm. to a little bit darker than what you what you have in your hand. Yeah. So, um, not quite the saison of German beers, you mm-hmm. know, where saison is basically all over the place. But it's like yeah. fair game. Uh, but it's 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 got a wide a wide berth on on variety. Well, I think in the early years of the Oktoberfest style of beer, it was much closer to like a, a Dunkel. It was much darker in the early years of, of being Oktoberfest. Yeah, and most as most beers were before Pilsner came along because everything, the only way they could process the malt was over open fire. Mm-hmm. And so it would be darker and smokier. Most all beers were. And most all beers had some type of sourness to them because they were all in barrels and barrels carried lacto and... You would always have a sour aspect to to beers uh, until modern, you know, technology came along. We need to do a history episode with you. That's one of my favorite parts about beer is the history on how it got to where it is. Uh, I feel like you'd be a great person to talk to about German styles. Yeah, I, I like history a lot. Yeah. yeah. So because uh, I just find it inter- interesting, I want to know how it came about, where it came from. You know, uh, Pilsner was one of the most surprising histories. Um, the guy was having problem in, in Pilsen, Czech Republic, mm-hmm. uh, with sourness, you know, um, infected beers. He actually hired a Bavarian brewmaster to come, and the Bavarian guy developed the Pilsner. Yep. So, really? yeah. I love it, too, because his father, I think, was the one that owned the brewery in Bavaria, and so the son yes. went to check, and this was a government-sponsored beer. This wasn't, this wasn't like a back-alley thing. Like the Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia, I guess, yeah. uh, like literally like had him come in and brew the beer for Czechoslovakia. That's amazing. You know, that's what I love about those European countries. Beer is involved in the politics. Mm-hmm. Like it's yes. involved in the law. Like it is, it is so ingrained in the culture. Like do they make decisions without beer over there? It's uh 
probably not, you know, because they're making their decisions probably sitting at a table drinking beer. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah. When you have beers like Pilsner. Maybe that's why we're having so much trouble in the United States. Because we're not having enough beer. We're not having enough beer. Right. Hook. You need a... This guy cheered us on earlier. It is part of the fun thing about, like, so one time we went to downtown New Braunfels, back when Kelly Meyer still owned New Braunfels Brewing Company, yeah. and set this up there in the middle of New, downtown New Braunfels. How many people did we have come up that day? Oh, my gosh. We, all, all day long, New Braunfels is such a small community, but we're talking people on bicycles, on scooters, on motorcycles, walking by. Yes. Like... People changing in their cars in front of us. It was weird. It was it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I feel like sitting in the bed of a truck in an inflatable pool and drinking beer is something like that's a fun idea that everybody thinks, oh, yeah, that'd be great. But we actually do it. We do it. We yeah. do it. And then everybody envies us for it. If, if, if they don't, then in my mind, I assume that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So yeah. this Oktoberfest. You talked about there's going to be an Oktoberfest festival here. Tell us about what you're going to have at your Oktoberfest festival and what else is in store in Klaus that people can come and hang out here and enjoy. Yeah, so our Oktoberfest uh, is typically we have a uh, band that does a lot of you know German and mixed music. Um, and then we'll do the German act- games and activities, Hammerschlagen, Baumstamm Sagen, which is we put a log... On a on a brace, and it's a two man saw. Oh, and it's whoever awesome. can saw the the almost like the lumberjack games you see maybe on mm-hmm. ESPN twelve or something. Why you know? have we not done this before? And uh, jobs, yeah. <laughs> so we oh. got people a two man saw contest, and uh, then we do of course stein holding. You know, yeah. our I, th- I want to say our our record for stein holding is a guy. It was our first Oktoberfest ever, and he did like almost eight minutes. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was wow. ridiculous. What's yeah. Everybody else was done way before that, and he just wanted to prove a point. He just wanted to prove a point. What's the world record? Isn't it like oh, it's, it's some, under 14 or something? No, I think it's crazy, like 17 or 18 minutes. That's insane. Yeah, oh my gosh. It may even be more now. That was the last one I saw years ago when I looked into it. You know. Did he still drink the beer, or was he so fatigued he just dropped He it? just changed hands and drank it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Good for him. Why not to waste beer? Yeah. So, but we do have the Bruceology event coming up on Saturday. Oh, nice. Okay, at. tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. So uh, that is a a beer event at the Houston Museum of Natural Science. Okay. Uh, I believe it starts at seven uh, for regular entry, and uh, goes till eleven. And I think we're there's going to be like fifty some odd breweries there, all throughout yeah. the museum, um, and it may be sold out already. It's really popular event. We'll be there. Of course, we do our. We try to do our Stein holding if we have space and stuff, just to kind of create a little buzz. But it's going to be a really it's it's huge event. That's know? awesome. Yeah, at the if, museum. If you ever get a chance to go to any of the alcohol events at the Museum of Natural Science, I 100% recommend it. Uh, Spirits and skeletons. You get to dress up in costumes and walk around the paleontology section. Oh, nice! Which is massive, dude. You just drink throughout the freaking museum. It's beer like, and history pair well. Go to, go to Bruzeology. Bruzeology. Or Spirits yeah. and Skeletons or any of the other ones they do. They're freaking phenomenal. Go visit Klaus's booth. Visit Klaus's yes. booth. Yes. We'll Hold be on the, the first spine. floor, booth seven. So do you do you do you keep a a record book of your top ten Stein holdings, your top ten uh what'd you what'd you call the hammer game? Hammer Hammerschlagen. Do you uh, of like champions top ten guys who solved the log fastest? Is there a I'd, way to win Hammerschlagen? 
figure everybody wins during Hammerslagen. Well, the first one that gets the nail all the way flush is the winner of that round. Okay. And then they can move on to the next round. And we, okay. we do it tournament style. Okay, okay, you do do tournament style. Yeah. We just did it to have fun. I, yeah. I never even we thought We used about to do that. Style. And then what we noticed, <laughs> when we used to do beer tokens, um, <laughs> we noticed that people started throwing out beer tokens as bets <laughs> on the Hammerslagen. <laughs> And so uh, that's Texas. probably we didn't want to get the ire of anybody on on that. So and then it morphed into I saw people starting to throw dollar bills Ooh. in the middle, and I was like, yeah, probably shouldn't do that anymore. So let's just do tournament style. You We're know, coming after hours to throw some dollars. That is yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love it, man. I love that people are coming to this so into into the games, man. That's that's uh, that's awesome. They, I tell you what, they find any way they can to. Uh, Increase the interest of the games we do. So, Hammering nails and dropping. Dr- say it again. Durndle dropping. Durndles. Dropping durndles. Dropping durndles. Yeah, honestly, that's like my favorite things in the world. What's that's the why c- I play sports is drinking and hitting things. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> or throwing things. Yeah. Disc golf, love it. Golf, drink, hit things. Yeah. Hammerslagen, drink, hit things. That's there true. you go. Nice. Yeah, so. Here's to journal dropping and hitting things. <laughs> okay, now don't. No, <laughs> back up a little bit. That's the uh, that's the Klaus equivalent of the Mile High Club. Yes. Yeah. Journal drops. I Are you the it. journal drop club? I actually don't know. You don't know? Um, yeah, I don't. That sounds like that sounds like a very vague answer. Uh, <laughs> I've had a very interesting life. I'll tell you that. You've had a very interesting yep. life. Yep. I was a I was a track runner. Were you? Did you race trindles? In, a, in, a, in its own way. In its own way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ice. I say track. It was more like cross country. There was no sprint about it. No sprint. <laughs> Took it easy. So. As far as you got your you got your uh, your deal at the Natural Museum, you yep. got your Oktoberfest. Yep. What what else is coming up that that uh, people could come and see? Because we mentioned earlier, right? Uh, when we were talking off camera, or not off camera, we're not on camera, right? But uh, right. recording on phone. But that numbers for really local breweries, even at Thistle Draft Shop, are really not where they were pre-pandemic. Right. And so getting people out here to these venues to to support local is is super important, right? Um, so, like, what else are, are we offering? You got these beers. Are any special beers coming out? Yeah, so we've got we got what I call a baby tank back there, 500 liter. Okay. And we do I, – I try to plan out uh, special release beers for okay. that. Um, so we've done a few special release beers. One, The latest one was uh, – Traditional again, traditional Czech pills, um, with all size hops. Uh, we call it cash and checks. Nice. <laughs> um, and that was our latest special release, which we have one keg left on the wall. That thing flew off off the shelves. Uh, and uh, we got our Berliner Weiss, which is about to come out. And okay. we do bring in the traditional syrups of the Woodruff flavor and the raspberry flavor. Uh, that you can add at the bar if you want it. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit more about that because usually if, if somebody's going out and the consumer's going out to a bar and they're having a Berliner Weiss, that thing is already coming fruited, already coming flavored. But you're talking about adding flavor post-pour of the beer. Yeah, so Berliner Weiss uh, traditionally is not flavored. Okay. It's just a slightly sour, northern again, a northern German ale. 
uh, but it's not, and it's hazy because it's done with a lot of wheat. It's a wheat base, kind of like a Hefeweizen, but they don't use a Hefeweizen yeast. Oh, those guys are gearing up. It's fire department. It's getting serious there over there. Uh, they use a typical German ale yeast, maybe like a Kolsch yeast or an alt beer yeast. Um, and uh, it's called Champagne of the North because it's typically really highly effervescent. Okay. Uh, the reason it's called Champagne of the North is when Napoleon was taking over everything, he loved it so much, he called it Champagne du Nord because it was so effervescent, like yeah. a champagne. Yeah. And that's how it got its nickname. Hell yeah. Um, it came from, I didn't realize that the name came from, or that nickname came from uh, Napoleon. Yep, sure did. That's pretty cool. And uh, so we do it. This year's, our, each year is a little different uh, because just depending on how it sours up, we don't do a lot of technical testing on it to make sure it's got the right pH every year. We just kind of go with it. Yeah. Uh, this year's version is probably slightly less tart. Okay. Uh, I'd like, would like to adjust that for next year, but... Um, but we it, it comes to the bar unflavored, and we offer Woodruff, which is traditional, and raspberry, which is traditional. Okay. So, uh, normally, most people see Woodruff, and they see this bright green color um, for the uh, Berliner Weiss, but uh, we use natural Woodruff, which is not bright green. It, that okay. bright green is all food coloring. So Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Wood Woodruff, coloring. yeah, Woodruff is almost like an apple pie type flavor. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's very interesting. That is cool. Like I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm geeking out listening to you because this is, this is totally new to me as far as adding flavor to a Berliner Weiss, uh, like post pour. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah. So we'll we we tell them you know two pumps is is slightly sweet. A third will give you something sweeter, and then we pour on top of it and. It mixes up real nice, and you go from there. Hell yes. yeah, dude. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's traditional German stuff all the way around. Yeah. So, Jake, we're looking at the year-round. Is this the only year-round Oktoberfest in Houston? Does everybody else really does their seasonally, don't they? It's no, pretty- the, the, there's a few. Uh, I can't remember it off the top of my head. There's a few. Uh, I honestly recommend the model. A lot of people... One of my, my least favorite things is every August, I'm flooded with about 25-plus breweries coming in to sell Oktoberfest. Right. I can't have 25 taps of Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. I just can't. Right. So I tell them every year. Why not? Because I still like to keep the company open. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I tell them every year, I pick four each year. I'll right. try the sample, and I'll pick the four each year, and that's that's what I do. That's just the way it is. I'm not going to have more than four. Uh, then you have the few other ones that are different. So, Dirndl Dropper. Yes, it's an Oktoberfest style, but it's not geared towards only Oktoberfest. It's not only uh, the end of September kind of beer. Uh, Vernal by Equal Parts. Fantastic beer, by the way, if you ever have it. It, it, it can sell before and after Oktoberfest. It's not limited. I mean, if you get a Southern Star Oktoberfest... October 30th, if you haven't had it gone, if it's not out of there, then uh, it's pretty much going to sit there for a while because everybody's going to go, it's out of date. It's not October. Right. It's yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, really, the beer's not going out of date anytime soon. That style is pretty self-sufficient, um, self-sustaining, but nobody wants to drink it after October. Yeah, it's an amber lager, so 
it marketed as an amber lager, it's year round. Oh yeah, you know. But marketed as an Oktoberfest, you got a really small window. Even yeah. though it's basically the same thing. A lot of so. people have already canned and already uh, produced their Oktoberfest, and it's what July last week of July. It's two weeks uh, before the end of July, and yeah. th- there's I, I know at least four or five breweries that have already canned theirs, wow. and, they're, they're, yeah. and they're pushing them on you. Uh, I wouldn't say pushing yet, but they will. They will. They will. And mind you, Oktoberfest is what? The last two weeks of September, roughly, ending on the first Sunday of October. Correct, yeah. Dude, Jones Road is hopping today. It always is hopping. Some, something is going down. That's the second fire truck. We've had an ambulance and two fire trucks come by. Jones Road is crazy. Is it really? Yeah. You know, I used to live a uh, half mile that way. Did you? I did. Yeah. How long ago? 2010, 2011. Oh, so wow, pre-Klaus. Yeah. Oh, very pre-Klaus, That's yeah. actually when I moved in the area. Yeah. Oh, really? 2010, 2011. Where were you before then? I was over in uh, Reliance Stadium area. Okay. Stella Link. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were over there, and then we moved over here around that time. Yeah. And so, Yeah. But I've 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 had businesses before Klaus Brewing okay. in the area, so I've been coming over here since two thousand three. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, this we is actually f- moved later. My first bar that I ever worked at was down here. Coaches two ninety and Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That Coaches, was the first. Yeah. Two thousand eight. I started there. Did you? Two thousand eight. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story. You've never been there. It's hey. now Crafty Crab. So Crafty oh, Crab. Really? Yeah. Huh. Oktoberfest, zero to four. The, I, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce it again. I keep wanting to say Drindle, and that's not right. Most people do. They want to put Durndle. the R first. Drindle. I do. Drindle dropper. Drindle dropper. Uh, I'm going to go 3.5. Would it drop uh, your Drindle? Is 3.5 enough to drop your Drindle? I dropped my journal for 1.5. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Oh, I mean, easy, easy journal dropper, ladies. If, if I'm wearing a journal, we're already in a bad place. Uh, <laughs> so, I enjoy it. Um, there seems to be a little bit of imbalance to me. Uh, I like the breadiness, but I think I would enjoy it if it was a little bit more bready. It kind of comes off almost as... Um, because we're talking bread, let's go ahead and use analogies here. It's almost like the bitter outside crust of a bread, rather than this kind of sweet More bready than a inside. Or bread, correct? Yeah. Right? Like I, I guess I'd like to see like kind of like this like light pumpernickel on the the inside. And that's just me loving bread. Yeah. But uh, it's just slightly off balance. Uh, overall, it's very very good. Uh, it's bready. It's sweet. It's bitter. Uh, definitely don't bat an eyelash at it because it's it's good. It's just a little off balance for me. Okay. So I, I would say that it is off balance for me as well, but here's where I'm going to rate based off of my taste and not to style. Like I, I like the imbalance of this beer. I like the, the to me the the way that it's imbalanced to me is the hop takes a little bit more presence. There's a little bit more earthy hop than there is malt on this beer. And usually I'm used to drinking Oktoberfest. They're a little bit more malty, a little bit more sweet, maybe sit a little bit more heavy. This one is light and crisp. Um, I, I really enjoy this beer. Uh, and I like that that hop flavor. Whatever you're doing with the hops, I've really enjoyed it, right? It's not it's not bitter uh, it, in the sense like I keep – the reason I keep saying it's, it's not bitter like that is I think me and I'm assuming – most of our listeners, because they know me, um, 
equate that bitterness with an IPA flavor. Um, and this hop bitterness that's in this beer is absolutely nothing like an IPA flavor of a hop. Right. It's, it's more earthy. It's more clean. It's more, I don't know, it just feels like, I don't know how to explain it. It, it, it feels like homemade. It feels like calming. It feels, I don't know, comfortable. If I, yeah. that's, a, that's a good word for me. Um, and so I enjoy that little twist on it. It, it is a little bit more, more earthy. It is a little bit more floral to me. Um, but the malt backbone is still there. It's still a really, really good beer. Um, I'm going to go 375 on it. I'm going to go right in between the Kolsch and the Pilsner Fest for me. This is one that uh, it, it may in the fall when the temperature drops below uh, 80 that we uh, – you want me to go chase them down for you? Yeah. That we, I'm sorry, guys. No, you're fine. We have somebody sneaking in the, yeah, the brewery. Yeah, somebody sneaking into the brewery. <laughs> oh, somebody sneaking into the brewery. So I'm going to rate that at 375. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the uh, Encore beer from Klaus. Yep. And Thomas's rating of the Oktoberfest here in just a moment. Nice. Thanks. So welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. So crisis averted. Correct? Crisis averted. Crisis, crisis averted. averted. There was a man sneaking into the brewery. Uh, I'm gonna say Hot Tub Beers drew him in. That's right. Of course. So he was just he was just looking for a beer. He was just looking for a beer. But you and probably wouldn't have that front door unlocked, anyways, right? Not normally, no. So it's our it's our fault. Or the gate open. Or the yeah. gate open. Or the gate open. You know what? But you know what, Thomas? You poured him a beer, didn't you? Yeah, I gave him a. Well, I gave him a, a can. You so, gave him a can. Yeah, look at that. So. I love it. Klaus hospitality. The guy did not walk away empty-handed. That's right. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, we we've the the guy that drove by while you were inside. The guy that's been drove by twice on the motorcycle and gave yeah. us thumbs up. He drove by in this big ass Hummer. So you have this. You you have got a, like an auto shop in here. I got very interesting neighbors. Do yep. you really? Yeah. Some are very. Um, I don't know exactly what they do, but it may not be on the up and up. But I'm not, yeah. that's just me guessing. Do they come I drink beer with you? <laughs> Sorry? Do they come drink beer with you? No, I surprisingly no. What's uh, wrong with them? Some of the neighbors may when I'm not here, but they don't okay. specifically seek me out. Yeah. Okay. Maybe because I give them the little side eye and like, what are you up to, man? <laughs> you know? Making money, that's all that matters. That's right. So we're going to start this segment where we left off the last, the Oktoberfest. Jake yeah. and I rated. Right, Jake was at three point five. I was way higher than Jake with a three seven five. Um, your opinion as the brewer, zero to four, can you make that beer any better? Yeah, I'm probably more in line with Jake. Three three okay. five. Yeah, I think there's I think you're right on your assessment of it. Uh, maybe uh, take a little bit of that dark crust flavor out of it. Okay. Uh, and make it slightly more bready. Uh, okay. Slight adjustment, but it's 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 doable, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's I like still it. a good beer. I mean, we're talking yeah. like micro adjustments here. You no, know? And, right. and I agree. It's still a good beer. And that's that's part of the fun of this, too, right? It's like, so we're rating, I, I'd say, all over the place. But y'all are at 3.5. I'm at 3.75. I'm, uh, I'm higher than both of you on the same beer, but for the same reason that y'all are rating it low. Like, I like the imbalance. I like the uniqueness of that Oktoberfest. It's I like okay. that it didn't taste like the other Oktoberfests. We don't blame you for being an amateur. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I walk through the, um, 
A lot of people don't know who I am when I'm just walking through the tap room during mm-hmm. an evening. You know, I'm just walking back. As far as I know, I'm just a worker in the back. Right. And so I get to hear true and honest comments from people that are talking about the beer, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't take offense to any negative stuff. You know, it just kind of gives me a better gauge, uh, I guess, of where our products are at and whether I think it's a true assessment of something I may need to adjust or if it's yep. just maybe their 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 palate so um but it's funny you say that how what you like is something he finds as a negative you find as a positive yes. and i i get that a lot in the tap room when i, when I hear people talk our old world weizen uh which is a frank upper franconian style hefeweizen okay so it's almost like uh, an amber uh there's a style name an official style name for it it's called Bernstein Farbness Weizen. Bernstein Farbness, that big long word, translates to amber. <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you should have you should have named it that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This area would have totally understood. Right. <laughs> so we make a, an amber Hefeweizen. Okay. And I like it better than our regular one. I'm not a big Hef fan, um, just personally, but no. uh, I like that one better than our regular one because it's got a little bit more things going on with it because of the amber malt that we we use um but i've heard i walked by a table one night and two people were talking and and they're like man i really like this one and the the the, the gentleman across from her uh was like oh it's disgusting you know so you just <laughs> never know how it's going to hit somebody's Correct. palate um and you know i have to take that into account and see whether it's worth pursuing on an adjustment or just somebody's palate preference Yes. Yeah. So, so speaking of palettes, what are we putting on our palette right now? Palette right now is our Dunkel. Okay. It's a Munich style Dunkel. So. Okay. Is it Dunkel breaking me heart? Yep. Oh. Or my heart. My heart. Dunkel I don't know why breaking my heart. I don't know why my brain is Dunkel breaking me heart. It's like, <laughs> it's like grammar up there doesn't work. That's, uh, like, that's the Irish like, version. That, that's what I was going to say. Uncle breaking it's like heart. you're mixing. Yeah. That's, well, that's what it is in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like German style with an Irish twist. I mean, they're within a few. Dunkel breaking me heart. Close parts of the world. That was my Irish accent. What did you think? Or is that your pirate accent? By a little of both. <laughs> a little of both. I'm, I, I am Irish. There's a little bit of red in my beard. It may have turned white yeah. now. Were there Irish pirates? I don't think that'd be a... I think pirates were all-inclusive. Probably. They were ahead of their time. They, they yeah. were the forefront of... Of inclusivity. Do you, boo. We're stealing from everybody. Do, do you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the original pirate motto. It was like, R, do you, boo. <laughs> Probably so. I can see Blackbeard saying that. I could be a pirate. Yeah. Johnny Depp saying that. By the way, I don't know if you ever read uh, like fan theories and stuff like that. The there's a very prominent uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, out there right now. I highly recommend just looking it up. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but it's it's <laughs> it's pretty endearing. It has to do with Davy Jones's locker and uh, how Johnny Depp is not Jack Sparrow's not a real pirate. He's he's right. excluded as a pirate, but he's a pirate because he saved slaves, not because he was stealing shit. Oh, oh interesting. interesting. Yeah, re- read fan theories. They're fun. So, <laughs> I have to check it out. Back onto the beer. Fan theory about Klaus. The so you said there are a bunch of people that uh, different opinions. His right. palate's different way. Okay, so one of the things that we've talked about with other breweries is untapped reviews. 
Yes. Okay. Uh, that are all over the place. So have you ever gotten any, what's the craziest untapped review that you've gotten? So what I notice, if there's an anomaly on an untapped review, like an unusually low score yeah. on something, I dig into it a little bit. I kind of see what they're rating and what they usually drink. And one in particular got a real low score on one of our, just our traditional styles. And talking about it's, it's not this enough, it's not that enough. Um, which I quickly realized that's just personal palate preference. Yep. Yeah. And then I research what they usually drink, what they rate high, and it's usually, it, it, a lot of it was uh, ingenious style, which is Pastry. completely opposite than ours. Yes. You know? So, of course, he's not going to like it as a beer, but style-wise, I think we're, we're up there. I yeah. Mean, you know, generally we get decent ratings. Are you allowed to reply on Untapped? I think like, you can, can yeah, you can post something on their on their post. I think I'm going to be honest. The majority of Untapped users, yes, I'm talking to y'all, uh, are freaking ding dongs, man. Like I and I, I say that with Yelp too. I, I I think a lot of people don't deserve to publicly announce their opinion because you get stuff like fantastic beer, loved it, four out of five stars. I'm I'm sorry. Were you saving that other star for for what? Like this is a local small business. That is affected by these things, and you want to say it's a great beer, but you don't want to rate it a great rating. And then you yeah. got the same of you'll get a one star. It'll be like, I really don't like stouts, but this was a good stout, one star. So my beer is a one star because you don't like stouts. It's like a lot of that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, and I guess it's, I've it's tough. Yeah, I've had to deal with that for a very long time, and at the end of it, it's just like I get that people want to find out what's good. But, like, this constant negativity or I'm going to ruin you on social media shit, man, it's got to stop. I, yeah. well, like, what an annoying We had one of those culture. last week where this one, one of the best dunkles I've ever had. This place is really cool, good atmosphere, quaint, four stars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, God, what do we have to do to get the extra star for well, this Well, you know first what? of all, what we need to do is we need to eliminate the fifth star. I'm going to be real honest here. Well, I agree I with think, you. I, I agree with you. Yeah, the, like get rid of the fifth star. It holds no purpose. Uh, like hot tub beers is established. You only need four. Five is just overdoing it. So the creators of Untapped, like, get real. Let's, uh, get real. Yeah, let's have a meeting. Let's talk how we can help you uh, because you're obviously failing. Um and then we want to talk about, I kind of want to make an untapped account for hot tub beers and just troll everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just five-star everything, but it this sucks. Five stars. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> this beer is through the roof. I love it. Need it every time I get in the hot tub. 1.5. No, I, I will. I will physically hurt you if you do that. If I, if I do I, that, if you rate them low, I will physically hurt you. I would. I would I, go to. I would go to. I would go to people that that we know and we like that would understand the sense of humor, and do that. And then every once in a while, somebody who didn't understand the sense of humor, because then it would just make me laugh. Yeah, right. yeah. And I think the end of it is just like the the people that think like, oh, I can hurt you with my one stars. It's like right. okay. The only people you can hurt with that is local small businesses. That's keeping your money in the community. So first of all, fuck you. Second of all, anybody that's established, it's like, okay, your one star doesn't matter to my 600 reviews. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like such a double-edged sword. But at the end of it, yes, we should be grading our local small businesses differently than we're grading Walmart and Chicken Filet. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of – it is frustrating where, you know, it's like somebody – 
you know, rating a burger a one star because it doesn't taste like chicken fried steak. I mean, it's, yeah. Just, yeah. it's that's what's frustrating on a lot of those low scores, for instance. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're... I, I, I get that over Bud Light. People are like, why don't you have Bud Light? I'm like, I don't have sushi either. What do you give a shit for? Yeah. It's the business model. Oh, we do have Bud Light now, though. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's not for sale. It's a backdoor special. This is a backdoor special. (laughs) That's what the employees are going to quote unquote enjoy. You need to highlight Uh, on tap. That's what you need. Jake's Jake's (laughs) giving Bud Light to the employees through the backdoor. Well, we're we're 100% independent when it comes to sales to our customers. We support all of our local stuff. But... Being a part of that system, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with, but I'll work with to help everybody else in our community. And one of them is bringing in products that I would not sell. Right. Bring them in, they pay for them. It makes their numbers look good, so that our, our money in our community stays here. Did right. you right. did you just out them? No, that's okay. it's like that's it's like common a, practice. That's a common secret. Like that's the biggest secret that everybody knows. You know. Yeah. And every company does it, but I'll take it and I'll give it to my employees, or I'll cook with it. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if Anheuser Busch has actually listened to this, sorry, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you here. I, I drank a Bud Light in Thistle right. Draft Shop after it closed last night. Yeah, it didn't explode. Thistle Draft Shop didn't explode. Dude, I've shotgun Coors and Miller Light and Pabst at at that place. Have you? Oh yeah, I've drank Natty Light out of pint glasses. Yeah, it's all good. I want, I want to go yeah. on Untapped and say I'm at Thistle Draft Shop and rate a Bud Light. Yeah, you could. I, I have no shame saying I drink high life. That's, yeah. Actually, you know, I read an article one time that the most popular macro beer for craft brewers is high life. Really? really? Yeah. Well, That's that makes their, sense. Their most go-to macro is because okay. Lone Star isn't everywhere. I get that. Yeah. Because Texas is Lone Star. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> That's true. I wonder what it is for for Texas brewers. It's Lone Star. It is. Lone that wasn't Star. a joke. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, there's no way it's Lone Star. Yeah. yeah, there's no way that it's not. It's like every time I go out with anybody in the industry from the breweries and all that stuff, it's always Lone Star and really? perhaps Blue Ribbon as a backup. I yeah. didn't I didn't realize that. I think I'm going to come out with a beer called Single Star. Oh, I like Single it. Single Star. Just to kind of troll Lone Star maybe. It'll be hot tub beer endorsed. Oh, we're, we're 100% <laughs> in for trolling Lone Star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely, totally. Yeah, we'll troll Lone Star 110%. They'll yeah, troll we'll, me and say that's what it tastes like, one star. If you get a cease and desist before we do, we're going to be very upset, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We have not got a cease and desist yet. If you'd like to bully Boulevard with us as well and help us get a, bull- a cease and desist from Boulevard, you're more than welcome. I was slightly concerned about how we named our brewery for a cease and desist because okay. there is, uh, who's it, Three Floyds? Okay. Makes a, a, a Klaus beer. Um, like uh, Alpha Klaus, I think they call it. Okay, it's spelled the same way, and so I thought they really wanted to be dicks about it, you know. But uh, we never heard anything. But I mean, Klaus is a fairly common name, as as well as Edelweiss. And like, I got a buddy down the street for me that literally he names his dog Edelweiss because yeah. they ran out of kids to name, you know, after Friedrich and all right. the other. <laughs> yeah, Edelweiss is the is the national flower. So it's Is a mountain really? flower, yeah. And I figure Edelweiss, Hefeweizen, so we'll just call it Edelweizen. It's just kind of play on names. So where did Klaus come from? Uh, I wanted the, the strong German-sounding name, okay. the K. Um, and uh, so we, we use that. It actually also happens to be my son's name. Oh, nice. nice. So two for one. Hell yeah. Does Santa yeah. Klaus show up in December? Yes. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that old commercial. It was not on for very long with 
the uh, it was a hip guy with the big silver beard, but in a red suit, a tight fitting suit, uh-huh. and he would walk walking down the street saying, "My name is uh, Santa Claus," <laughs> and. Uh, I forgot I what the well, I forgot what the commercial was for, but it was funny as hell. So if if your son's name is Klaus, do you ever get mad at him and be like, no, 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 I didn't name a brewery after you. I named you after the brewery. Ooh, save that one. Put that in the back pocket. I could, but he's so <laughs> indifferent. He's at the age of where he's just indifferent about everything. How old is he? Fifteen. Oh, you nailed it. I know it. indifference. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, whatever, you know. <laughs> It's all right. Tim Tim's son is uh has got a new one. He's gonna run for a very short time. He turns eighteen soon, but he says, "What are you gonna do? Hit a minor?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jake taught him that. In all I fairness, did. yeah. In all fairness, I was so proud of him when I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's only got a few more months. He's eighteen in November. I know. We get, oh. we're, we're counting the clock back. I know, poor boy. November tenth, last day you can say it. Should we do that for his party, like? Like have a big sign that says, "What are you gonna do? Hit a minor?" And oh. like in front of them, we'll go like mark a, a yes box. I'll rent a dun- <laughs> I'll rent a dunking booth at Thistle Draft Shop, and oh we'll charge God. the tab ball throw throw a baseball at a minor. Done and done. Done. There you as, go. As long as the the money goes back to beer for us. Yeah. Where where else would it go? Not him. I just wanted to make sure that was. Yeah, clear. yeah. No, no. <laughs> I just want to make sure there's a public record of us saying this. Yes, absolutely. There's no confusion. Absolutely. So, from this segment, what we're going to do now is we are going to bully Untapped to change their rating scale because they're obviously wrong with the fifth star. Yeah, they're, um, they're wrong so much. And we are going to start a hot tub beer Untapped account and start trolling everybody. There you go. That's that's what uh, that's what needs to be done. Okay. Okay. So tell us about Dunkel breaking my Dunkel heart. Dunkel breaking my heart. Uh, Dunkel breaking my heart. Traditional Munich style Dunkel. Um, a little bit more body. Uh, it is a lager, another lager. Um, and we use a malt bill. We use a, a very specific uh, crystal malt uh, that lends the that dark fruit character to it, almost like a raisin, yes, slash prune type aspect to it. Um, that kind of rounds out the dark flavor. But not in a roasty way, more in a dark fruit way. And so that's what we were going for. That's what your traditional dunkel is, is about. It's not about roast like a porter or a stout or a brown ale. It's about a uh, dark fruit character. And that's, that's kind of the, the, the path we went with it. Yeah. I think we're about to get some Hope they're some backing pants. up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take a picture. You're fine. This is, this is the fun part. Yeah, absolutely. Hot tub beer. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Tell your friends. <laughs> That's awesome. We're famous. Yeah, we are famous. There's Luis, I think. Luis. Oh, are we getting another drive-by here? This is Let's wave. That's the sales rep. Oh, that's sales rep. Oh, nice. So, what nice, were, what uh, we're Deathly Hallow sticker, Luis, if you listen to this. <laughs> oh, we're talking about... Uh, don't go breaking my heart. Don't yeah. go breaking my heart. Don't go breaking my heart. So a, a traditional dunkle. So explain to traditional dunkle what that would be. Traditional dunkle is basically what the standard beer was back in the day. Everything okay. is dark. So um, uh, dark lager. It's very standard dark lager. Uh, it's almost like, again, I, as a comparison, maybe the dark cousin of the Hellas. 
Okay. It's not a Hellas, but it's Dunkel, because Hellas is a Munich style. Yes. And this is the dark version of it. So. Well, that was the question. So, so Dunkel is is traditionally uh, Munich. Yeah. M- uh, yeah. In yeah. origin. You know, when you talk about Dunkel, it's Munich Dunkel. Yeah. 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 That's uh. That's that's pretty much it. So when when I'm when I'm tasting this beer, especially as it warms up, that raisin prune dark fruit is coming through a big time. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it's nice, it's calming, it's relaxing. This is another one. Like, I could go, I could drink six Oktoberfests and then come back to this Dunkel and drink six more Dunkel and then end my night. Um, <laughs> these are, uh, and I know that that's 12 beers total for those of you doing the math at home. Um, you got three kids that can drive. I got three kids that can drive. I got a hot tub that's like five feet from my back door. Yeah. Um, well, and go. that's, uh, I do a lot of drinking in that hot tub. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of drinking in that hot tub. Don't throw uh, me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've done seven-hour sessions in the hot tub just, oh, wow. just drinking. Multiple times. Yeah, there, there are some episodes that have not been released because... They took a turn. They, they took a oh, turn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for the worse. Um, more for the brewery than us. Um, uh, that's debatable. It's, it's kind of both. Kind of both. I, I'm going to say we still sounded fantastic, but the brewery tasted horrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We won't mention the brewery. We may. They have did start fan. following us on Instaweb, though. I think we have another fan. We have another one. Son of a gun! We're getting popular here. <laughs> oh! We drank it all. I was gonna say. Oh man! I love this afternoon, I'll hook you up. Oh no! Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. You're gonna have so much fun. <laughs> that is hilarious. That, that's pretty cool. As 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 uh, as we get later into the day, we've got more people oh, no, coming to hang out yeah. with us. Yeah. yeah they'll... Oh, oh my goodness! Spanish. She's very. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a very interesting wedding. Oh, I kind of want to be invited to this wedding now. Please video it. Oh. That's amazing. We are. We're recording a podcast right now. It is nice and cool. It's perfect. It is. Oh, awesome. Tell them to listen to Hot Tub Beers podcast. Tell them to listen to Hot Tub Beers podcast and then come drink some beer. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on your daughter. Oh my That's goodness. Amazing. That's sweet. Nice. I know. My ex-husband's a two, so at least have an awesome Have a good one. So this is a this is a classic example of over prescribing house uh, wives. Over prescribing housewives. Xanax, uh, Zoloft. Yeah. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Her brother might very very engaged. That was that was probably the most engaged I think uh, a walk up has been. No, I don't want to say that. Yeah, she was engaged without any. Um, sure, so, okay. So to to in her defense, her daughter's getting married. She's at a very like today. Yeah, and her family's racist, and 
she's marrying a Spanish Spanish dancer, dancer, and the wedding's in Spanish, which I really hope that she's talking about Spain and not just, like, throwing shit out there. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that wedding. Man, can you imagine? Oh, Oh, what if they had German beer at the wedding? We had this conversation yesterday about a Mexican brewery brewing beer for Texas in all English styles. I would love to be at that wedding. That would be interesting. (laughs) Back to the beer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna rate this. I'm gonna rate this dunkel. Um, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I enjoy it as it warms. To me, this is something that in the cooler weather, um, I would come back to. Like I would, I would drive to Klaus to buy this dunkel uh, to get in the hot tub with. Um, maybe not when it's uh, 11 to de- 11 degrees outside in the snow apocalypse. Um, I might want something a little heavier, a little darker then. But in the normal December, when it's like 40s, 50s outside, and I got the hot tub. This this is a beautiful beer. It's a it's a campfire beer. Yeah. To me, uh, this is something that I'm sitting around the campfire to that that uh, raisin. There's some woodsy notes in there to me um, that I really enjoy. I'm gonna go ooh, three seven zero on this one. Okay. Three seven zero on this one. I did like the Oktoberfest just a touch better, but uh, but uh, three seven zero on this one. I, I really enjoy it. What do you think, Jake? I'm super conflicted. Uh, this beer has definitely changed over its entire lifespan in this tub. Uh, cold has. tastes very different than warm. Um, right out of the gate, it was balanced. It was bready, but there was almost a a nickly aspect to it, which is not necessarily the bad nickel, but like that little bit of kind of minerality in the back. I guess would be yep. the best way to say it. As it kind of warmed up, it kind of it kind of became tangy. Right, so you just this this malt kind of blossomed into this. Uh, gosh, you know that tanginess of rye. I'm doing a lot of yeah, yeah. bread uh, yeah. analogies today, but like the You're tanginess right. of rye that like kind of came out where there's just this interesting tang on it. And then uh, as we continue going, it really kind of like blended together. It ended up being really good. Uh, I thought the carbonation was great. Overall, I'm I'm probably gonna go. I'm gonna go. Three point six five. I wouldn't be afraid to have this three hundred and sixty five days a year. Yeah. Uh, but it was not as refreshing or in the moment as the Pilsner Fest. I want to say this one is on tap at Thistle right now. It is yeah. as we speak. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you could have it at Klaus or at Thistle. Yeah. Both benefit Klaus. Come by and tell me how wrong I am. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Challenge Hugh. accepted. Come right? by. Oh, yeah, Hugh. Hugh. Or yeah, Hugh. 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 Hugh, Hugh's, uh, we do like to bully our paid sponsor yep. quite often. Well, we only have really two hardcore listeners. That's Chad and that's Hugh. Oh, Chad's hardcore? I wouldn't say hardcore, but he does listen to every episode. Well, that's hardcore enough. Yeah, that's more than anybody else. Well, there's other people that listen to every episode. Who? Neighbor Jason. Oh, that's cool. What's up, Neighbor Jason? Yeah, Neighbor Jason. He was on a couple episodes when we were doing them in Carlos's garage and pretending we were in the hot tub. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hot tub applause. <laughs> well, what do you think, Thomas? For me, um, I like it when it's cold, when it's fresh cold. Yes. Uh, and I can drink it year-round like that. Yeah. Um, even during the warm months. Um, I don't like it so much when it warms up because you're, you're right. It starts to get in the uh, tangy aspect, which I don't typically like in beers too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a sour beer fan either. Okay. Um, so... 
for me, as far as changing anything in it, I wouldn't. I would do a four on that. I like it the way it is. Um, you know, other than the nuances, you know, from batch to batch, which are minimal, you know, I would keep it. I like it. That Hell used yeah. to be my goal, go-to before Pilsner Fest, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. So but, this, yeah. Is, this is ranked number two for you in your beers that you brew? Yeah. Yeah. Number one on dark, number two overall. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You heard it here first. Hell yeah. Or second, maybe third. Yeah. Possibly. You 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 heard it here just in general. You heard it here in general. Yeah. Right. Yes. Thomas, I want to say thank you again for letting us pull a pickup truck with an inflatable pool in the middle of your brewery and uh, face Jones Road, let everybody and their dogs see what we're doing. Um, we've definitely attracted some people. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've had a random stranger walk in. This has been an amazing episode. I really appreciate the time that you took to spend with us and explain the beers um, and, and getting to meet you, man. Uh, we will definitely be back and, and have awesome. some more fun with Klaus in the future. Um Guys, if you like what you listen to, please make sure you're following our Instagram. We're at, at Hot Tub Beers. Uh, there's a link in the bio at Hot Tub Beers. You can go in and find a link on that link tree to catch us on any podcatcher that you listen to, be it iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify. Follow along, subscribe, and rate us. You can rate us because... The podcast industry hasn't quite caught up with the beer industry right yet, so they're still on a 5.0 rating scale. Um, you need to rate us at five stars. If you don't, you're you're a coward. Um, no, this podcast <laughs> is amazing. Four stars, five stars, all the way. Five stars. Five, five stars, stars all the way. There's also a link there to keep the hot tub warm. If you'd like to support us financially, you can click that link. You can donate for as little as 99 cents a month for as much as? 149.99 a month. Correct. Nice. All of the donations are acceptable. Uh, please help us get out of the red. Uh, we are deep in the red. Uh, deep, 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 in <laughs> deep, deep, deep in the red. Uh, but but way through the roof on the fun meter. Uh, thank you, Thomas, for sharing the fun with us. Appreciate you guys. Um, guys, please, uh, please join us on Sunday for the Instagram Live. And until next time, guys, enjoy your hot tub beers. Prost. Cheers. Cheers. Prost. Having hot tub beers, just my friends and me.